So if you'll turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 5, we're going to stay there the whole time, so you can just stay there in your Bible, 2 Kings chapter 5. God, thank you for this day, and thank you for the people that are here. I pray that you would just open their minds to what you're doing, open their eyes to what you're doing, open their ears to what you're speaking to them, that they would go out of here changed from where they were at, that they would not face the same struggles that they've had, but they would come out a new creation, that they would see that the old has passed away and the new has come, and that it's a work of your spirit. And I pray that your spirit would rest on your people right now, that you would do something in their hearts, do something in their minds, that they would leave here changed, God, and that they would be a testimony to their families, that the generational things will be broken today, that they wouldn't continue to face the same struggles that they've always faced, but that they would have a new life in you, and that their children and their children's children would be different because of it and that Versailles would have revival in it and that people would be changed people would be saved and I pray that you would fill this church up so that they couldn't even contain the people and that they would be changed and they would be set free and they would have salvation and they would be spirit-filled God I thank you for what you're gonna do in your name amen clearly I'm excited so <laughs> just know I might talk through this real fast but I'm excited. So verse 1, Naaman, commander of the army for the king of Aram, was a man important to his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man was a valiant warrior, but he had a skin disease. And some of your Bibles will say, but he had leprosy. And as I was reading this scripture and God had given me this message for this church, and I asked God, do you have a a second message that you want me to share with the second service or even just a different message in general. And he said, no, this is it. I was like, all right. And he gave me this picture of viruses on people in this church. So Naaman had great things going for him, but he had a skin disease. And he began to show me people in this church and I could see them so clearly and they had so many great things going for them, so many amazing things, even spirit-filled Christians, but they had a virus. And some of it is physical. Some of you are battling something physical and you've been battling it for a long time and you don't know how to get past it, just like Naaman. Some of you, though, it is spiritual. You are battling a spiritual thing. Many of you, it is spiritual, and you cannot get past it, and you're stuck in sin. And some of you, it's emotional, and it's a mental thing. It's depression. It's anxiety. It's not knowing what's going to come next, and you're weighed down by the weight of your thoughts. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing Naaman with leprosy, and he's got great things going, but he has a skin disease. And then I'm seeing Christians in this body who have a lot of great things going for them, but they're struggling with something, but they have this thing that's holding them back from their full potential. And naturally, Naaman, having all these great things, what are you going to do if you have all these great things? Naaman could not be positioned where he was at had he been completely honest about his leprosy. So he had to cover up his leprosy when he was on the battlefield. He had to put on the armor to cover up what he was really facing. And so he started to put on that armor to cover it up. And that's a lot of what we're doing. We want to say, I'm involved in ministry. I have a good family. I have a good job. But I'm battling this. But I'm going to cover it up because if people knew, I wouldn't be where I'm at. And so today, God gave me a message about being uncovered. 
when vulnerability leads to healing. And the moment I said vulnerability, some of you shut me out. You're like, mm, that's not happening. I'm not doing that. And I feel you, because I, I feel the same way a lot of times. I'm like, I'm not going to be vulnerable. Are you kidding me? I'm strong. I'm independent, you know. We got that. We're good at that. But being vulnerable is difficult, because it means I'm going to expose the thing to you that I don't want to expose. That's difficult. That's embarrassing. That's shameful about me. I don't want to expose it. And so some of you, like I said, it is physical, but some of it's spiritual. And so you feel like you come to church and you got to put that on that armor to cover it up because you don't want people to know that you're facing that. You don't want people to know that this is really what I'm battling, but I'm going to come here and I'm going to say, bless God and bless you. And I'm having a good day, even though you're not. And I remember growing up, I had 21 warts on my hands. My mom, she can testify to that. She had to take me to the doctor for it. So I had 21 warts on my hands. It was embarrassing. And so I would wear long sleeves, and I would try to cover up these warts on my hands. Because I don't know if you know, but kids are honest. And if you want to make friends, you're not going to have warts on your hands. And so I would cover it up. I would cover up the warts because I did not want people to see them. It was embarrassing. So then I would wear these long sleeves in the middle of summer. And then I was sweaty. That's gross. So I was gross. I was just all around. I, was, I mean, children are gross, but I was extra gross as well. They're just like sweaty, trying to cover it up. But I was ashamed of what my hands looked like. I didn't want to be known as that person. I didn't want people to look at me and say, hey, Clara, the one with warts on her hands, you know. She's the one. She's got warts all over her hands. She's sweaty. She wears long sleeves in the middle of summer, and nobody knows why. I didn't want to be known for what was on my hands, and that was on my skin. But then fast forward, when I was stuck in sin, when I chose sin over following God, I started to hide it because I knew better. I had had an experience with God. I was called to ministry at seven. I had no excuse to be living the way I lived. But I did it anyways. And I would act one way with my family. And I would act one way at church. But I would act a totally different way with my friends. And so I began to cover it because I was ashamed because I knew better. And that's exactly what Adam and Eve did. The first man, first woman, what did they do when they sinned? They hid. They were like, we don't want to be exposed. We messed up. And now I'm ashamed, and now I'm messed up, and I, I don't know what to do, and I don't know how God is going to receive me back because I messed up. Moses got angry, and he killed an Egyptian, and he was like, oh, no. Those people raised him. And so he wanted to cover it up because he was stuck between two worlds, and he didn't know what to do, so he started to be ashamed. And so he hid it. And it's natural to want to hide our imperfections because... They're imperfections. None of us want to be like, hey, let me tell you. Hey, I'm Clara. Let me tell you the worst thing I ever did in my life. Nobody wants to do that. That would be weird. But sometimes when we're unwilling to be vulnerable, we prevent ourselves from true healing. When we're unwilling to expose ourselves to God, we prevent ourselves from healing. And he was a great, Naaman was a great man. He had accomplished a lot. His title, a mighty man of valor, was also given to David. His accomplishments were not small. He had a lot of things going for him. He had to be bright. He had to be on his toes. He had to have it all together. But he didn't have it all together. 
and he was facing something that was detrimental to him. It was devastating. And he's relatable to us because a lot of us, we have something that we're facing. And if left untreated, it will be detrimental to us. And leprosy is crippling. It will paralyze your hands and your feet. It'll make you blind. And God gave me this. Naaman would have been considered as good as dead had people known he had leprosy. So he covered it. And so we do that. We cover what we're facing. We cover the sin. We cover the physical battle because we're afraid that when we expose ourselves and we say, this is really what I'm facing. This is really who I am. This is really what I think. This is really what I do during the week when I'm not at church on Sunday. We are afraid that we will be as good as dead to the church. He's facing this battle of his leprosy. He's covering it. But because he's covering it, he doesn't have real healing. And that's where I see the viruses that we're facing, the spiritual viruses, the physical viruses that we're facing. Because we cover it, because we're unwilling to expose ourselves. We're preventing ourselves from true healing. And many of you, it is physical, it is mental, it is emotional, spiritual. But some of you, it's an event. And this is what has been heavy on my mind. It's been a weight on me. Because it's been an event in your life. And you're so weighed down by that one event. You're so weighed down by that rejection from your family. You're so weighed down by that abuse from your family. From the very people who were supposed to love you. They didn't do that. And so you're weighed down by it. And you can't get past it. You can't step where you need to be with God because you can't get past it. Because you expect that the same experience you have with your family is the same experience you're going to have with God. You have unforgiveness in your heart towards your family, towards your friends, and so you are unwilling to go before God and you're unable because you have that unforgiveness in your heart and it is binding you up. You cannot move forward because you have unforgiveness. And this is why I didn't want to share this message. I was like, oh, come on, God. What in the world? What in the world? That's what I was thinking. It's like, but he showed me. He showed me people here who are stuck. And you don't know why you're stuck. You're like, God, I am doing my best. Just like Naaman. Naaman was allowed to have victory. He was allowed to do these things for God. God gave him victory. But he was still stuck. And a lot of us were like, okay, I'm, I'm coming to church on Sunday. I'm even coming on Wednesday. I'm a really faithful church member. I'm coming two times. And when they have Sunday night service, I'm there too. Three times sometimes. And if they have a special event, I'm there. And I tie. And I'm trying to do the very best I can. But I'm still battling this. You don't understand how people have treated me. You don't understand. And that's where we get stuck. And we're like, God, why won't you move me forward? And so he's relatable to us. It's a common experience for all of us to have that thing that we cannot get past, that thing that we don't want anyone to know about. Like, I hope you never find out that I'm really depressed. I hope you never find out that I'm really watching pornography at home. I hope that you never find out that I'm stuck in sexual sin. I hope you never find out that my kids, when they're at home, they curse because I curse. And so we try to hide it. And that event 
And that thing, that battle, that physical battle, that emotional battle, I know that God wants to take it today. You don't have to continue in it. So there's the the hope on the other side. We're going to get there. (laughs) But he wants to deal with it. And so sometimes we find ourselves on the other side of vulnerability. Verse 2, Aram had gone on raids and brought back from the land of Israel a young girl who served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his skin disease. This is typical childlike behavior. This young girl. Oh, my goodness. I would be so frustrated. So Naaman. He has all this armor on, and during the week, when he's working, when he's out in battle, he can cover up. But when he goes home, guess where the armor has to go? Has to come off. He can't wear that 24-7. And so this young girl is in his house, personal with him. She knows. She sees him. And he's trying to cover it up, and she points it out. Kids will point out your insecurities. They will. They really will. I remember I worked at the YMCA. I was a teenager. I was a big teenager. It was quite large. This kid was like, you're fat. I was like, darn it. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> and I was like, I can't even disagree with you. Like, you're totally right. Kids are just honest. And the thing is, it hurts your feelings more because they're not trying to hurt your feelings. You know they're just speaking truth. And you're like, wow, you are mean. But whatever. So, you know, you want that. Ugh. So this girl, she points it out. She points out like, hey, you got, I noticed you have leprosy that you've been You must have been covering that up. So now I'm going to point out to you what you can do about it. And so this is the providence of God, though. He uses a loudmouth girl who probably could have gotten in trouble for even speaking about it. He uses her. God will send providence for your life. He's going to send things your way that will allow you to be where you need to be. You cannot go too far for God. You cannot You cannot go too far for God to just take it. His grace is sufficient. And so I just think about some people here, you think you have. You think, you really don't know all the things I've done. And I don't. I'm glad because I'm not God, you know. I don't want everyone here to know what I've done. But you cannot go too far. And Naaman, he's an enemy of God's people. And God still had providence for his life. And so I don't know where you're at. But you cannot go too far. His providence is there and his grace is sufficient. It is going to cover it. But this girl, she knew something that a lot of us lose sight of. She knew that God was able to move in his life despite that he was her enemy. Despite of it. And God is able to move in us despite of people around us, despite of the things that we're facing. He is able to move. And so a lot of times in church, we want people to be vulnerable. They're like, yeah, you do need to take down that wall. But this girl responded appropriately to vulnerability. She didn't come at him with, the reason that you have leprosy is because you're capturing all these people, because you're fighting God's people. Clearly, you should have leprosy. That's what a lot of us probably would say. We'd probably be like, hey, That's why you got leprosy. You're fighting God's people. What's wrong with you? You're capturing us. But no, she was like, I know that you're my enemy. I know that you've messed up. But I know God can take your situation and turn it around. And so when you're on the other side of vulnerability, it's important that if we're going to 
have this in the church, if we're going to have people who are vulnerable, who are taking down their armor, who are taking down those walls, that we respond appropriately to them, that we are willing to be open to what God is going to do in their lives, not what we think about it, not because we're offended, not because they directly harmed us, but we recognize that God is going to work in their life. And so when we're on the other side of vulnerability, that's what we should be like. We should be so moved by the Spirit that we can't do anything else but show them grace. That we're not caught up on what we think and why it's happening and why does it matter why it's happening. God can take it. God can heal it. But then at the same time, Naaman is on the other side of this. He's on the, he is the vulnerable one. And he had had many people in his life. He was a great man. People looked up to him. He had accomplished so many things that people had to look up to him. He had people in his circle. But he had to change his company from the people of importance to the girl. He had to change who he was listening to. And sometimes we can't get past the things that we've always been facing because we keep going back to the same people that we've always listened to. We keep going to the world. We're like, I don't know how to handle this anxiety, so I'm going to go to my friend who also struggles with anxiety who doesn't even know the Lord. Yeah, you're probably going to be anxious. The Bible says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. So that means anxiety is disobedient to God. And a lot of us want to excuse ourselves and be like, you don't know what I went through, so I have severe anxiety. No. Anxiety is not of God. If you're living anxious, it's not of God. And he wants to break that out of you. I've been anxious before. I've been at a place where I wouldn't sit in front of anybody. I didn't like people to sit behind me. And I thought, well, you don't know my experience. But it's not of God to be anxious. And so sometimes we want to go to worldly counselors. We want to go to worldly people to fix our anxiety. And God is saying, I've already given you the cure. I've given you peace. I've given you joy. And if you would just give it to me, then you wouldn't be anxious anymore. You wouldn't have to have thoughts at night that you're not good enough because I've already given you everything you need. I, my grace is sufficient to make you righteous. And so we have to change that company that we're keeping. We have to change what we're listening to, what we're looking at. And then he not only changes his company, he changes his location. Verse 4, Naaman went and told his master what the girl from the land of Israel had said. Therefore, the king of Aram said, go, and I will send a letter with you to the king of Israel. So he went and took with him 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, and it read, when this letter comes to you, note that I have sent you my servant Naaman for you to cure him of his skin disease. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and asked, Am I God, killing and giving life that this man expects me to cure him of his skin disease? Recognize that he is only picking a fight with me. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Have him come to me, and he will know there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came to his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. Then Elisha sent him a messenger who said, Go and wash seven times in the Jordan, and your skin will be restored, and you will be clean. So Naaman, he had to humble himself before this girl and say, Okay, now I'm going to listen to this girl who doesn't know anything. She's a servant. She just serves people. She does, she's not educated. But I'm also going to change 
where I'm at. I'm going to change location. I'm going to change my position from where I was. And so many times we, we maybe we're willing to change our company, but we're not willing to move. You're not going to move me. How dare you think you're going to move me, God? You will not. I've told him. Maybe you haven't. I've told him. I'm like, I'm not moving. Just kidding. You know, (laughs) I've moved so many times. Every time I tell God I'm not moving, he moves me. So don't, I mean, probably just be open and maybe he won't move you so much. So, (laughs) but when I said, I was telling Pastor Brian last night, I was like, I said I would never go to Bible college. I would never move north. I would never do this. I would never do that. And I've done every single one of them. Every single one. And so many times we want God to change us. We want God to take away that thing that we're facing, but we're unwilling to move. We're unwilling to change the position that we're in. We're like, I want you to do it here, right here, in private, in secret. Don't let anyone know about it. And then I'll receive the healing. But God wants to put you in a new location so you can receive what he's doing. And this is what I experienced moving to Evansville. I wasn't sure I wanted to move to Evansville. I didn't want to leave this church because I love this church. I love it so much, and I love seeing you guys. I don't know about, like, I don't know what churches are out there. I don't know the people out there. I don't know the job. It's not ministry. I don't know what to do. And Naaman, he had to move from this place of his position and his power and what he wrapped up his identity in. And that was my experience moving away from ministry, not away You're always in the ministry if you're a believer of Christ. But full-time ministry, I had wrapped up my identity so much in it that God had to move me out of it. He was like, you don't even know who you are in me. You just know who you are as Pastor Clara. You just know how you are when you're preaching to the kids. But you don't know who you are in me. And sometimes God is trying to position you in a new way. And he's like, I see that you're good at your job. And I see that you're a good husband. You're a good wife. But I see you as something more than that. I see you as my son and my daughter. I see you under the covenant. And I see you much more valuable than the way you see yourself. And so we love to be in that comfortable place. We love to be home. There's nothing like going home. There's nothing like going to see your brothers, your sisters, your mom, your dad. It's nice. It's comfortable. But God matures you and will not allow you to stay there. It would be weird if you continue to live at your parents' house forever and ever. If you live with your parents right now, I'm so sorry. I don't mean anything by that. I'm just, just, that was one of those, should have stuck to the notes. Yeah, anyways. (laughs) But if you live with your parents for your whole entire life and you are never able to move outside from that, you will lack maturity. And so sometimes God has to move us to mature us. He has to say, I see that you you had a lot of things there. But he's maturing Naaman in this process too. He's saying, I see that you're great here and here and here, but I'm about to do something in you. I'm about to do something better in your life if you will move to the position that I have for you. I'm not even sure why I'm flipping the pages because I'm not really following my notes, but we're here. So... (laughs) So Naaman, he had to move from the familiar to the unfamiliar. He had to leave his family. He had to leave his position. He had to leave his company. And sometimes the things that we think are comforting to us, securing us, the things we have security in, are preventing us from moving forward. 
the relationships, the friendships that aren't of God. We feel comforted. We feel secured by them. But they're actually preventing us from where God wants us to be. And we feel like we go to those people that are familiar to us because they already know what we're facing. And they won't judge us. They won't tell us what we don't want to hear. They will tell us what we want to hear. And so we go to those familiar places because we're like, we know how they're going to react. But God is calling you to a new position, even an uncomfortable place, where you will be willing to let go of the things that people, uh, the people in your life, the very people, the very location in your life that you keep going back to, even though it's not getting you anywhere. And he wants you to expose yourself to him, not to me, not to anyone here. He wants you to expose yourself to him, to say, this is what I am really facing. This is what I'm really battling right now. You don't know when I go home, the thoughts that try to weigh me down, that's what's in your mind. You don't, you don't think anyone understands and God is like, I see you and I understand where you're at. So he wants you to be vulnerable. Verse 11, Naaman got angry and left saying, I was telling myself he will surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the place and cure the skin disease. Aren't Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be clean? So he turned and left in rage. But his servants approached and said to him, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more should you do it when he only tells you wash and be clean? And sometimes we do this. We're like, really? That's what you want me to do? Couldn't that man come out to the house and meet me? Doesn't he know who I am? Couldn't he come and wave his hand over the place where I'm in pain, where my skin is messed up? I don't know why the pastor didn't pray for me today, why he didn't say hi to me today. Doesn't he know who I am? He does know who you are. I already know that. But <laughs> just picking on him. So a lot of times we want to get caught up in, well, I will do everything that you want me to, but not that. Don't touch that in my life. Don't deal with that in my life. I don't want to deal with that. That's too much. And it's preventing us from healing. We're unwilling to be vulnerable. We're unwilling to let go of the things that we've held on to. And so Naaman has a really good friend here who's like, hey, don't you know? It's simple. It's simple when you come before God and he says, wash and be clean. That's how simple it is just to get in his presence and to wash and be clean and he takes care of it. Verse 14, it says, So Naaman went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times according to the command of the man of God. Then his skin was restored and became like the skin of a small boy and he was clean. And so I had four pictures in my mind in this verse. And the first was of the Jordan River. And I compared the Jordan River to New York City waters. I don't know if you've been to New York City. It's gross. It's a very gross place. And I think a lot of us, if God told us, hey, go dip in that water in New York City, we'd be like, ooh, I know better water than that. I know a better place than that. Why are you going to have me dip myself in dirty water? Why would you do that? And I picture Naaman here and all his skin 
with the leprosy on it, if he were dipping in clean water, his leprosy would still, when it came out in the water, came off in the water, anything that came off of him would be visible. But instead, he uncovers himself, he exposes himself before God, and he goes down in the water. And then he goes from covering himself by his own accomplishments, covering himself by what he has done, to now God is covering him in the water. That dirty water did not allow his leprosy to be exposed. So he goes from a covering that he made to God's covering. He goes from this covering that he tried to sustain for himself that was insufficient to a covering that God gave him. And I believe that if you would bring what you're battling before God, that what you've been covering up, he's going to cover it with mercy and grace. And so you will go from covering yourself, trying to sustain it, trying to uphold it, but you cannot sustain yourself. God has to do it. He has to cover you. And then he dipped seven times. And sometimes we have this tendency to say, God, why is it taking so long? Why couldn't, why couldn't he wave his hand and heal me? Why couldn't he do that for me? Why did I have to go to this water? Why did I have to travel all this way? You're all powerful. You see everything. Why don't you just take care of it? Don't you care about me? And so he dipped seven times. And the number seven in the Bible equals wholeness or perfection. And I just see him dipping down in the water seven times. And God is perfecting him. He's sanctifying him. He's making him whole. And that's what God is doing in some of you. You don't know why you're being processed the way you are. You don't know why God is sanctifying you the way he is. You don't know why you have to wait on things that other people don't have to wait on. But he's sanctifying you. He's making you whole. He's dipping you seven times so that you can be made whole, that you can be made complete. And he is doing it. Don't get discouraged and start doubting that he's not. He is doing it in you. He is completing you. He is making you whole. And then I pictured Naaman in his armor. And he's wearing his armor. But to go into water, you know what he had to do with that armor? He had to take it off. He had to take off all that armor. And anyone who was around the Jordan River was going to see him. God was going to see him completely how he was. He was going to see the leprosy. He would see all the imperfections. But he had to be willing to take that off, all the accomplishments, all the things that he had worked so hard to cover himself. He had to be willing to strip that away and say, I don't care who's around. I'm going to go in that water and I'm going to receive from God what I need. And so sometimes we have to be willing to take off that armor. And then he had the skin of a small boy and he was clean. And this is, he went, he had better skin than other people who'd never had a skin disease. He had the skin of a small boy. His skin was restored better than it should have been. That is supernatural healing. That is what God wants to do in your life today. The things that you've been covering, that thing that you've been battling, that thing that you can't seem to get past, that depression, that rejection that you face, that you feel like you are never going to get past it. You don't know why that person does not care about you. And God wants to take that 
And he wants to make you better than you were before, better than when you went in. And when you come out, it's going to be supernatural healing. And it's going to be a testimony of what God can do. And your families are going to be changed by it. I see your families change for generations because of the healing that God is going to do in your life. I just thank God for what he's going to do because I know it's only something that he can do. It's not something I can do. It's not something you can do. That's what Naaman tried to cover up what he was facing for so long. But he had to get to the place to say, God, I know you, if this is what you want of me, if you want me to dip in this dirty water in a place that I don't really want to be, I'll do it. And he did it so he could have healing, that he could be made complete in God.